Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. And a happy Monday to you, Thomas. Yes, a happy Monday to you as well, David. It's season 11 of season 11. Cabin Fever. Season 11. This week, season 11. the same old shit. In the same Previously old on Cabin Fever, two people chat for a bit. And then leave. <laughs> and the then end. go. And an editor goes through it and turns... By the way, no one knows this, but we talk for like four hours. So when you hear this final um, episode of Cabin Fever, and it's, you know, 30 minutes... That that is the best thirty minutes of a four hour oh, chat. That's absolute gold of gold, okay. isn't it? It, it? Actually, we don't do that. We do it. We pretty much talk bang on the same time as the editing. A few things mm-hmm. come out, but that's just you know, it's because Dave gets very he gets very anti religious towards the end, so we have to, <laughs> have to be careful. But um, it reminds me of uh, well, that doesn't remind me of. Have I got news for you? When I used to do warm up, and they used to do Dave, they used to record for decades. Well, I remember. Do you remember we went as a group once in the early days? Mm. Of the Rubber Chicken, which was our, which is our production company, was our production company still is oh, still is terrible way to find still out. Yeah. yeah, sorry, mate. Oh God. Um, but we went on a little like a, a class outing, didn't we? As yeah. some of the writers and some of the producers, because you were doing warm up, and we all we all mm. uh, thought well, that'd be a fun Thursday night out. Go and watch if I got news for you. Then we'll have a little drink, so you know, near in, a, in close proximity to, but not talking to Ian Hislop or Paul Merton, as has turned out to be. Um, That's not and bad. And they're very nice, very nice men. Actually, I will defend them to the hilt. They're excellent. What humans. I would say is, there's no reason why they should uh, no right should have a drink with us. You know, it was just one of those things where they go, "Hey, guys, you're you're guests of of Tom. Why don't you?" come for a drink and it's sort of like you're in the and we're also in the vicinity i remember that day we went was remember michael fabricant was on oh it was that one what a fabricant he is yeah absolute fabricant fabricant, that guy can't stand him he's got the hair of donald trump but he's even thicker (laughs) saying something but um i do one of the most vivid memories of my life is uh, like just one of those coincidental moments where we'd all been sitting watching it and gone, what's going on a bit? And you don't sort of, re- you know, everyone's just chatting. It's it's the, the whole of having any view is sort of loosely sort of broken up into into um rounds isn't it but it's basically they got the idea for have i got news for you from cabin fever yes well that's exactly it weird um but basically we've just been watching the five of them have a chat and it was very funny we we're having a nice time and i do remember looking at my watch and thinking oh this is about this is about like yes probably probably about when they'll wrap up it's about <laughs> one and a half hours in all having a nice time really needed a wee by now you know you have a wee just before you go in you sit there for an hour and a half and as i looked at my watch and it said one hour 32 yeah uh, whoever was hosting that day went and that's the end of round one. And I went, 
Holy <laughs> shit, we're in for a ride here. And it was, it was nearly four hours long in the total, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really long. I was in the green room throughout, kicking back, eating all the sweets, drinking the beers, knowing you were all suffering. Never yeah. watch a show. If you ever get the opportunity uh, and you have the choice to go green room versus being in the actual Oh, it's a room. real, it's a real, like, tip that if, if you do ever get, if yeah. you're lucky enough to be offered the option of the green room versus, oh. they'll always sort of go, do you want to sit in the studio audience? Oh, you get the atmosphere in there. No, that yeah. is true. I mean, you get the atmosphere, a lot of people who have been stuck on a minibus and are all desperate for a toilet, you know, and they're mm. stuck in traffic. Imagine that atmosphere. It's just tense and uncomfortable. It's awful. So, um, yeah, there you go. Anyway, so what were we saying? Oh, yeah. I have we no talking. idea what we were talking about. I have no idea how we got onto that, but we did. Anyway, it's a behind-the-scenes point of order for today. Normally, we record this podcast a day ahead. Today, we're recording two days ahead for various Whoa. boring admin reasons. Yeah. But what the only reason it's worth flagging up is because just, just on the off chance, you know, it's 5pm on Saturday now as we record, and this isn't going to be listened to until Monday morning. Just on the off chance, Sunday was a mad wild day. And something, you know, there was a, hur- a hurricane or, you know, just something where it'd be weird if we weren't referring to it, then that's why. And, a you know, preemptive apology and uh, may the Duke rest in peace. Boris says something absolutely mad. Like, all of these things are quite plausible, aren't they? Like, yes, yes. So it's just worth flagging up that we're not, not talking about it. So there you go. Fine. All right. So recorded. Time maths apologized for. Very good. Well done. Uh, recorded on a Saturday, uh, but broadcast to the nation, to the nation hungry for inane shit chat. Shat. Inane shat. Do you know what, Tom? I just hope there isn't any sort of geostorm on Sunday. Oh! Oh, hello. Interesting. You should mention Geostorm, Dave. Shall we shall we crack on with the actual formatted part of the show? Yeah, let's Here we do go, it. Then. Um, it is Helen Monk's day, which means we have to officially welcome into the room, uh, please welcome, our first guest all the way from the green room, uh, where she's been getting herself addled on fizzy pop. It's Helen Monk's. Hello. Bit of Parkinson for you there. I'm still really offended you've not actually created an official Helen Monk's Day theme tune. Hang yet. on, what are you talking about? It's just another Helen Monk's Day. Ooh. We didn't write that really. Yeah. We? And we did. No, I'm actually secretly a bangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bangle. I've been a bangle for years. I actually wrote Walk Like an Egyptian. So there you wow. go. <laughs> you learn something every day. How are you, monks? I'm good, actually. How are you guys? Uh, very well. We were commenting just before we started recording that you're sounding crystal clear. Sounds like something's happened in your life this week. A big event has happened. It's actually been the best thing that's happened to me in weeks. I have installed, well, I've not installed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Someone has installed fiber optic broadband in my flat Oof. and suddenly my life has completely changed you know when you don't realize what you've been living with until it's gone like a headache you you sounded so coppery so copper wiry and dial up last week and now i can feel the fiber can you feel yeah i've got i wonder what that was and it's the fiber oh god it's so good it's been great i also didn't realize um as we'll come on to with with the thing that we've all been watching that i've been watching everything in blurred vision so all of my sort of amazon prime netflix shows have all been you know when it looks like your eyes are slightly out focus yes. oh, wow so have you you just not been watching anything in hd at all or even sort of sd no yeah 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 it's all been blurry and this week suddenly i'm like oh my goodness oh my yes. god helen monks has gone 4k you heard it here first that's amazing god that must be a, that's a wonderful moment i remember when i had um i got i got laser eye surgery 
right? Uh, which is about five or six years ago now. And before then, I had really bad eyesight. Like Dave, what your short sight, Dave? What's your what's your prescription, Dave? Let's I'm share uh, minus seven, Tom. That's what I was. I, well, I was, no, that's not true. I was minus six and a half, and then minus seven in one eye. So. Yeah, I'm really. I love that. You're like I had really bad eyes, but they actually weren't as bad as Dave's currently no. are. No, but Dave's got really. Yeah, that's impressively bad. Um, and uh, I, well, Dave, you can get the laser surgery but you don't want it because you do suit you suit a glass don't that's you? that that's the problem helen I've, I've had this conversation with myself a number of times and i i worry that the, the glasses frame my face because you never wore glasses before did you tom i i wore glasses and no contacts mainly contacts. like contacts mainly occasionally yeah. a glass but yeah. um i'm so sorry maybe it's just been so long i, I can't visualize your face do you wear glasses all the time <laughs> <laughs> are you talking to me you know dave's got a beard right and right <laughs> helen this is not very good for podcasts at all but i'm going to take a picture of me now and send it to you imagine a sort of myopic ginger jesus come on helen you know who dave is oh my god yes there's your face and now i'm sending you a second picture without glasses on to show you how weird it looks oh yeah ironically you're asking better with or without yeah you're so right no the glasses the glasses are a big part of the aesthetic aren't they actually yeah yeah, yeah. They they're really so are. part of the aesthetic that i didn't even notice that you were wearing glasses do you know do you know what i mean because they're just sort of part of your face it was just like a flesh and an extra nose just sort of, yeah 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 well anyway i would I, though i would love to not wear glasses maybe i'll do the laser eye surgery and then buy some clear frames you that's know? what chris maybe evans did see chris evans yeah did. that's um, the secret isn't it I, I cannot recommend it enough it, it took about uh something like i think it took 45 seconds per eye to do and mm. they it's incredible they 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 the sort of laser round in a circle flip your retina off with a horsehair thing no. whoops a daisy then you go, then you do go blind and then they burn your eyes and you can smell your eyes burning no. right so no. i and in smelling my eyes right i have inhaled my own eyeball which is an odd thought and i might be putting you off this but this is an experience completely pain-free obviously it's important that you know it's pain-free um and then at the end of it like you blink a couple of times you put anesthetic eye drops in and within us within the space of a couple of minutes you can see better than you've ever seen before. So I ended up with wow. twenty. I ended up with not twenty twenty, but twenty ten vision. And I could. I remember going outside, and it was the Helen monks. It was like someone had installed fiber optics in my eyeballs, <laughs> and I was looking up, and I could see individual leaves on trees really far away. And it was wow. as close to a religious experience I think I, as I'll ever have. Really, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How much did it cost, Tom? Um, it can't, I love the Frank Money Chat on this podcast. One of my yeah. favourite things about the podcast, Dave. Um, that and the chemistry. Uh, it cost about two grand, just over two grand. Which, okay. well, I yeah, was, that's not as much as I thought you were going to say. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, it was on Harley Street. It was a really, really good place called Focus. And no, no ads involved. And um, but Disney Plus is great. Uh, and <laughs> I, um, I think it's now six or seven years ago. I probably need to go and get my eyes checked again. But it they feel fine and i've probably i probably would have spent about that much money on glasses and contacts in that yeah. time i reckon yeah that's such a good point wow yeah. there you go guys there you go um now what we are doing uh, this is a first we are going to do uh, boring movie club it's a first because the previous movie we talked about was contact so that was that was the last ever version of fantastic movie club <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe, who's to say, Helen, whether Boring Movie Club was inspired by Contact or not? We can't. We can't say for we'll sure. We'll never Helen. know. I mean, yeah, I, d- I doubt it very much. And hello again to Alistair, who called in on Funtime Friday to say how amazing Contact is, proving that it is amazing. Uh, anyway, so we had to choose a film, didn't we, guys? Yeah. Well, we didn't choose one, did we? But uh, we we asked for suggestions. Thank you on the Twitter number, which is. The Twitter number, sorry, uh, one sec. <laughs> oh, slick. Oh, Kevin, F-E-A-3-7-0-9. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. 
I was looking at a WhatsApp from our producer. Sorry. Uh, the question is, did, did Jesus wear glasses? No, Steve, but I said a myopic ginger Jesus. He, nor did he have ginger hair. I, I, I added elements on to Jesus. Sorry. So what part of Jesus do I have? L- the long healing hair, nature. Long, long hair and the beard and uh, self-opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's absolutely fine. The confidence of Jesus—that's going to be the title of my autobiography. <laughs> but the eyes of an old donkey. Um, so uh, now we had to choose a film. Here is actually what happened: we did pick a film, and we picked it live on the podcast. If you remember, on on Fun Time Friday, and that film was oh, last year in Maria Marion Bad Marion Bad. That was it, wasn't it? Which I've, I'd never heard of, but at the time I went, oh, yeah, you're cool. Yeah, no, 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 cool. Lame. So, last year in Marion Bad. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, you're cool. Yeah, yeah. Last year at Marion Bad. Yeah, was from 1961, wasn't it? From 1961. What percentage of people on Google like that film, Dave? Off the top of your head. It's quite high. I'd say it's 90 something. For last year at Marion Bad. Yeah, I don't know. I've only looked up the one we ended up doing, is the problem. Oh, right, 74%. Got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. I had high hopes. Turns out you've got to pay for it on Amazon, so we sacked that off. <laughs> Although Helen did buy it, didn't you, before we decided I to did. change it? <laughs> we'll, I did. We'll refund you from our profits on this podcast, Helen, which means but we I was now. really thrilled because my plan was, because we're doing Boring Film Club, which I'm really furious about because it means we have to watch boring films. So my plan is to watch boring films while I do boring admin. Mm. Um, but I couldn't do my boring admin because of the the subtitles so i did i did watch maybe the first like 20 minutes mm. and obviously just had no idea what was going in it had good music though I'd say the reason that we changed wasn't so much that Tom and I would have had to buy it is that Helen complained about the subtitles. That's what actually <laughs> subtitles, happened. Well, she's right. I, I believe the text message went something like, I thought I had to watch a film, not read a film. I believe those <laughs> were her words, which is fair. But also, I would say, I love, I mean, I love, love, love things with subtitles. I, I went crazy. I still am quite crazy for Scandi Noir stuff, like all the, oh, the killing yeah. and all that stuff. Amazing. I oh, just, the bridge. Yeah, the bridge. Oh. Um, and I uh, genuinely... Tuck. See you all. Uh, I uh, hi hi. I genuinely got a really bad neck because my wife and I would always uh, get our dinner ready, kiss sleep, dinner ready, sit down on the sofa, uh, food on lap, and then we'd start watching um, the uh, the bridge, and we'd have to whip our heads up so quickly from looking down to get the food and then because we were missing so much on the subtitles we actually got cricked necks over a couple of weeks <laughs> true story oh my god you're so old subtitle injury <laughs> how dare you oh, well there you go it's a good job we didn't have the subtitle film in the end then um, and then I did go scrolling through some other of the suggestions thank you for those suggestions that you have sent us but the first two or three other ones also had subtitles and it felt no like, feels like it feels like a lot of people suggesting subtitle films and, and maybe um, we should put a let's watch a subtitle film at some point certainly but you are quite right i would like that two hours of my week to also be useful to do other things at the same time as watch the film you know that's 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 the crucial thing anyway so in the end we did go for one suggestion uh which we found well we had to get something we wanted to get, we wanted to get something that's artistic that spoke to us uh that felt relevant that had a message that was made by an auteur that was important and also, crucially, that had 16% a score on Rotten Tomatoes. That was the crucial thing, wasn't it? What do we go for, Helen? What do we choose? Well, I, can't, I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> Geostorm. 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 Suggested by Tombo, who... Um, who also is very has just sent me a, some suggestions for my other podcast, Bitchin. So I'm I'm 
I'm very grateful, but also a bit sceptical because of his choice of... Although I suppose he knew he was picking a boring film, didn't he? Yeah. He said uh, it looked like it could be really exciting. I'm I'm paraphrasing uh, Tom, which you should never really do. Uh, It looks like it could be really exciting and uh, just incredibly boring. And that is a perfect upsummation of Geostorm. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I read you the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, please. Lacking impressive visuals... Visuals? Visuals? Well-written characters or involving drama, Geostorm aims for an epic disaster movie spectacle but ends up simply being... Shit. A disaster of a movie. They turned it round. It's not a disaster movie. It's a disaster of a movie. Oh, my God. Oh, that's clever. I I am going to put this out there. Oh, God. That's a bit harsh. Do you know what, lads? Coming from the man who likes... Contact. I can't even remember the word contact. Contact, yeah, because everyone's got to have like their their sort of important films, and then every now and again you need to have a guilty pleasure. And as it, as guilty pleasures go, <laughs> hang on, hang on, you can't you can't call it a guilty pleasure when you sold it to us as your favourite film ever. No, 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 they no, are no. different no, no, things. No, no, what I'm saying is you've got to have your you've got to have your top five films. You know, right. your Jerry Maguire's and your contacts. Right, pop those over there. <laughs> That's fine. But also, you've also got to have your guilty pleasures. And I, I thought Geostorm was... Okay, so th- let's first of all... the We're way disagree. The way that I watched this, is very important for you to know the way that I watched this. Um, I sat in the playroom in our house with my youngest son, who was playing Lego, right? So I, I multitasked, right? So I had the iPad set up. I was watching Geostorm whilst playing Lego. Now, playing Lego is my version of endlessly boring admin right it is the administration of rearing my child which goes on for years and years and years right i playing with kids is one of the most boring things you can ever do right it's just a fucking nightmare okay um so i thought i'd i thought i would join up playing with my child and watching a slightly dull film and see if they added together for an okay experience and they actually did and i've actually made a little clip so this is this is to give you an insight into how i consume this film Well, you need to have all of them armor. I'll give you all of them armor down here. Okay. So, you all need is these. I can't quite see the TV, love. You just in the way of the movie. No, let me just do something okay. to you. Mm. Yeah. That's how it went. A lot more dialogue in your version of it. Did yeah. You it on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is basically what happened the whole time. He was parked in front of the iPad and playing with his Lego. So were you able to follow what happened? or well, Nothing really nice? happens. There's just lots of explosions. That's true. Yeah, the, the, the basic what? The, the short version of the film. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you're going to watch it and there are spoilers, maybe just fast forward for the rest of the podcast. Uh, hang on, have, we, have they already listened to the adverts? No, do you want to play them? Yeah, let's do, can we do the adverts first and get the money out of them and then they can leave. <laughs> let's get that done. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris England, and I'm here to tell you about the Fun Factory podcast, available now on Great Big Owl. Each time, I will be reading a couple of chapters of my novel, The Fun Factory, a historical comedy about the history of comedy, so it will kind of be like a free audiobook, which you can listen to at the gym, or jogging, or at your desk while pretending to do your job, or on the train, without the embarrassment of people seeing you actually reading a book like some kind of swat. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ka-ching! Thanks for coming back. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, you have collectively donated upwards of two pence towards Helen Monks' reimbursement for <laughs> buying the film last year at Marion. Thank you honor. so much. It was still not worth it. Which we are not talking about on the show. <laughs> um, so, Geostorm. Here's what happens in it, right? Gerard Butler designs a big thing in space. The big thing saves loads of natural disasters from happening. Uh, and then the big thing malfunctions. Turns out someone weaponized it. Starts making things go wrong on Earth. Things start blowing up. Mm. Gerard Butler saves the day. The end. Is that basically oh it? Oh my gosh! I'm so happy because my first question was going to be, "What is this film about and what happens?" So <laughs> thank you for explaining. Because I was so bored, and I think maybe the admin was slightly. I don't think impressive. you watch films properly, Helen. Because this is what happened with Contact as well. I think you've got a very low boredom threshold. You've got to be bored for a bit to lock into a movie you you not every film's going to be bond you're right and i do think what happened with this is because the whole premise was that we were going to be watching a boring film i was from the get-go pretty disengaged you are right i am partly to blame <laughs> also i'm really thrilled that you i was thinking for ages and i couldn't be bothered to google who the main dude was it was gerard butler gerard butler who ladies and gentlemen i have interviewed Ooh. about this film uh, no it was not about this film it was about another film which he made which is actually was fucking brilliant um, set on a submarine oh god I forgot what it's called producer Steve can you look it up thanks because um, <laughs> I can't be asked oh, it had Gary Oldman in it um, Joe Button and Gary Oldman and it was really really good uh, anyway I interviewed him about that and uh, he was really nice but then I did a sort of set piece thing where he had to read out some script and not not so good at sight reading Oh really? Yeah. Which is you know That's not, not so reassuring. Well, not all actors are because some actors turn up and they do they give their best performance when they're reading it off a script, and uh, some actors really struggle to read off a script and become amazing once they've learned their lines. And it turns out Gerard Butler cannot read off a script at all. Couldn't do it. Wow, yeah. that is so great. I think that we should just get loads of clips of actors like Gerard Butler doing a really bad job and give them to young actors to just feel a bit better about themselves yeah. in their careers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, true. Update from Steve on the WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, you asked him the question. Steve Is says, it go fuck yourself, Tom? <laughs> no, it's, uh, Steve says, repeat the question, wasn't paying attention. Oh, I've Googled it. It's, it's, it's Hunter, Hunter Killer. Killer. The yeah. question is, what do you do, Steve? All oh, right, so what is it called? <laughs> Hunter Killer, and it's got 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. So no. again, I'm not sure of your judgment oh, of good films. I've got terrible judgment <laughs> in films. This is... The- it's appalling, oh. appalling case. I'm just realising so much about myself. Geostorm, honestly. 
Anyway, can I? I'm going to pitch in and, and back Tom a bit here because I didn't hate it at all. I quite, I quite enjoyed uh, elements of it. Certainly, I mean, it wasn't as boring as I thought it was going to be. To be fair, uh, it was quite problematic in a lot of ways, and also I'd say quite inaccurate in a lot of ways. I'm not sure. My headline was, I'm not sure anybody researched anything about space or how space works <laughs> because. I just don't think anything that happens in space. I mean, for a start, they're all walking around like it's Star Wars on the spaceship. Well, I would say, Dave, you see very clearly as they approach the space station, which is their base for controlling the climate, you can see there's a middle bit of it rotating, which is how you create gravity by rotating. So pop that fine, up. That's pop that fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, this is set in 2019, and I'm pretty sure okay, yeah, fair, they fair do not have that yet. Um, also, it was, I'd say, a real hit and a miss. In, and it's unlucky for Dean Devlin, who directed this film that he chose 2019 as the year the world went to shit i know Mm. i know so near yet so far (laughs) but as well that it was acting on the kind of assumption that eventually the world will be fine and everything will be saved and because that's just absolutely like what's at stake is so far removed from what's actually going to happen i just couldn't I just couldn't get involved. Well, I, the the problem it's got is that, first of all, I would say the, the headline of this is, if you get back from the pub, that's not going to happen. Let's, let's rephrase that. If you get back from the kitchen and you want to watch a film at 10.30 <laughs> when everyone else has gone to the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You, you've been, uh, you're getting shit-faced in the kitchen. And uh, everyone else has gone to bed and you want to watch a movie for an hour. Actually, it's two hours, which was cheeky, I think. Any film of that genre that goes over an hour and a half. You expressed this opinion on, on WhatsApp and I don't I just don't think you've seen films because like, there's, no, there's no films an no. hour and a half half these days uh, Paddington 2 is one hour and th- uh, tw- 29 minutes and that's as and long as also, any what, film what is also is Paddington 2 Tom uh, brilliant yes but who's uh, Hugh, Hugh Grant's greatest ever performance I, I agree with all of this it's one of the greatest films ever made but yeah. it's also a children's film and that is what you're after for well, 90 minute films 90 minute films are exclusively Disney and other children's films no disagree mate disagree strongly I'm so with Tom on this one actually I I'm think. not disagreeing that it was too long and films are too long I totally agree hmm. what I am saying is it, they, they don't really exist like good so blockbuster films of under an hour and a half anymore so let's assume that people uh, I think if yeah, if you fancy a late night oh yeah I'll just let, take my brain out and watch some explosions and go cool then you're going to like this film um, if you're not going to bother watching it let us take you through some of the funniest elements surely we have to go through some of the amusing bits for example the way they weaponize heat or ice uh, so basically people are, and it's so precise they, there's, an, uh, there's a village in Afghanistan um, which gets iced to death so everyone's like basically frozen so all these all these afghanis uh, are just dying because they're crumbling and it's like snowing in afghanistan because it's been weaponized and that is piss funny because it's just so fucking random and far-fetched yeah the whole thing and 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 the um the problem the certainly the problematic very hollywood element of this is you will notice the, the narrative of the film unfolds thusly mm. um Basically, for an hour and 35 minutes, loads of places that nobody really cares if they have a disaster oh, there God, have disasters. Yes, so yes. it happens in Afghanistan. It happens uh, in, in... It's, it's, it's just Hong it's Kong, all, it's China, Hong Kong, It's all India. in the Far East. Yeah. And then, and then the first place where white people actually live, where's that? Russia. <laughs> the evil white guys in the eyes of America That's and Hollywood. Um, so there is a lot of that. A lot of non-Western countries having disasters happen when they're all sort of floundering in the, in the space station going, oh, God. 
God, yeah. guys, soon, if we don't do something about this, some people we care about might die. How can we crank up the tension? Well, kill some people we don't care about first. Okay, great, 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 great. But it also, it, it comes back to this really interesting point, which is there's nothing more boring than vast swathes of people in a fictional thing being killed. Whereas if it was an individual character who I'm interested in and invested in, who, who is in danger, then I'm suddenly interested. So the moment when there's the little kid with the dog, I'm like, oh, fuck, I, I cared about the dog. Everyone up to that point, I didn't care. I didn't care because the, the characterization was so weak. I just couldn't care less. Oh, it was awful. But who was anybody? What was at stake for any... Honestly, it was just... I think this is the thing that made it boring is that I didn't care even when it was, you know, even when it was the people that we knew about because they were just so flimsy that they had to give them some kind of tension. So they created this kind of weird thing with the brothers. Yeah. And um, I'd rather that it was just people who had completely fine lives and nothing was really happening, just mm. cracking on with why is it there always has to be like some kind of personal thing that they need resolving as well as you know the death of the world or whatever it's interesting when this film was made considering it was it's like a science fiction about 2019 isn't it when was it, it made? Was made in 2017 well no so, no it was made it was originally supposed to be released in 2014 i think no it was originally ah. released in march 2016 but in august 2014 warner set the dates for release for batman versus superman at that time instead so they pushed it back they then pushed it back again to 2016 and they then pushed it back again to 2017 which makes me think that they knew it was a stinker well they you know what you can tell when it's a stinker when um you have interviews right so uh, there's been a few interviews i've done i couldn't possibly name uh name the films uh taron edgerton robin hood uh where the interview's in your diary and then it gets pulled about two or three days before because they realize it's a stinker oh my gosh because they do that with the reviewers as well don't they where they don't have a review screening Yes. They just let reviewers go and see it on their yes. own. I don't know if that's what happened with this. I really like Mark Kermode's review of it. I'm a big, if there's any oh, love entertainment. Him. Of Geostorm? Yes. He says, it takes stupid to a whole new level. <laughs> Honestly, and I say this, I think it's the stupidest film I have ever seen. I think it's, that's unfair. It's more stupid than Angels and Demons, and that's not a phase <laughs> I thought I'd ever say out loud. Uh, I've written down my favourite line of the film. Oh, yes, good. Has everyone else got a favourite line? So uh, the, the film unfolds and it turns out that the president, of course it's the president, uh, <laughs> is the next target. So the goodies, in inverted commas, have to kidnap the president uh, from the Democratic National Convention, don't they, to, uh, yeah. to get him out of the danger zone? At which point the Secret Service agent uh, in charge of the, the president says to the other guy, you get as a car, I'll get as a president. And oh. then they all run off and plan to kidnap the president. Oh, it's so good. Lovely stuff. I think, oh, I think, that's, I think that's unfair of, of Mark Kermode. I, I think it's not that bad. I've definitely seen <laughs> worse films than this. The thing is, though, I, we were watching it within the context of expecting it to be really bad. Yeah. Imagine that you actually went to the cinema. Oh, God. Oh, it's awful. Like this. Yes, thank you. Yes. If you're watching... If you're watching uh, Netflix uh, whilst you're playing with your child, which I, f- I feel I was a bit harsh earlier on, I do love my child and I do love playing with my children. Just to just to set that that wrong. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do, I do. Um, uh, but if you're doing that and it's on Netflix and the special effects are pretty good, I quite enjoyed those. And yeah, that was quite good. But you're right. If I've gone to the cinema, if I've got a babysitter and we've gone to the cinema and I'm watching that, I'm I'm absolutely livid. But also, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's the that is the crucial difference is that we're doing boring film club and Mark Kermode was doing just film club. So it is. Yeah. Yeah. definitely a different way of analyzing it isn't there yeah um and then the whole thing the whole thing hinges doesn't it at the end on um the, the space station is about to self-destruct yeah you've, um, you know every space station's got that button 
on it. Well, it has. And then there's just that sort of excellent bit of uh, narrative and a bit of exposition where they basically um, just say, well, that once once you've pressed self-destruct, I mean, it's, in, it's not for another eight minutes, but you, you can't stop it, which mm. feels like a flaw, doesn't it? Mm. Like, it just feels like if you were going to build in a self-destruct, yeah. just build in like an emergency stop. We didn't mean to press self-destruct. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like it's been constructed just for some kind of dramatic moment in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, okay, so here's, here's a question for you guys. What do you do to fix this film? Cut to the future, and they're like, do you know what, guys? Geostorm, that was a lost classic. That needs to be remade. We need to fix it. We need to change the plot around. What is it? Is it unfixable? Is there? Can you cut? I don't think. I think if you've got the budget for a Hollywood film, mate, you shouldn't be remaking Geostorm. I think you've got you got you you got better uh, got better plans. Can you imagine going into a pitch a Hollywood meeting, getting getting access to the top producers in Hollywood? (laughs) Your first film as a director. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to remake Geostorm. (laughs) I I think Geostorm Two needs to be made. (laughs) I think I would ask the the writers what they what they were trying to. What is the message of the film? What are they actually trying to... Do you know what I mean? What's no, it? nothing what? that you've just said makes any sense. The <laughs> message of the film at the end is literally the last line of the script, isn't it? Which is something along the lines of... What all uh, fine. Yeah, the little kid saying it is, is the going, no matter what happens, as long as we all work together, we oh, will survive. God. Exactly, which, that's which, dumb, dumb. Which felt in the current climate yes. tricky, you know? Completely untrue, yeah. I would have put the president on... I would have had... I'd have opened with the world, everything's fine and the technology's working. Because I found the the hook of technology that controls the climate to change to stop climate change, that's a pretty good hook, right? That's like, cool, tell me more. I want to know more about this. Yeah. I found that interesting. So I would have, you know, that's been going for two or three years successfully and we're on this space station and it's a bit more built up and a bit more... Um, uh, a bit bigger and then the president comes to visit the space station and is then kind of held to ransom while different parts of the world are exploded and different things happen so he's there and it would make the jeopardy a bit higher because I, I I just couldn't it was so it was so weird isn't it when you're watching a film like that and five or six minutes in you just go don't give a fuck mate don't give a fuck and you're done yes exactly exactly oh I've got an idea what I, what I would do I would make it about the daughter of Gerard Butler yes and her really wanting to become a lawyer but being really stigmatised against because she wears a lot of pink mm. and has a cute little dog and then she manages to be both smart <laughs> and a beautiful blonde lady oh, wow. and then she qualifies from law school at the end and who would play the daughter uh, uh, yeah, maybe or yeah, maybe Reese Witherspoon like okay. 30, 20, 30 years ago. Wait, have I just gone? <laughs> How long has Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon's at the age of two. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think ultimately, uh, well, we need to choose a film for next week, don't we? So your suggestions, please. And then we will choose one over the course of the next couple of days and we'll watch it. Yeah. But the thing I just thought watching it, it was like, actually, it's very, it's very centered at Americans. This isn't it. Because ultimately, I don't care about saving a fictional president of the United States. And that is kind of what they huck it on. And I bet yeah. an American audience loves that shit. An American audience pre-Trump as well. You're so right. But currently, actually, that sounds like quite a nice idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that is that is also true in the current climate, but just historically, into you know, like the 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 way the presidency is viewed is um is very much worth saving, isn't it? And uh, I think for our point of view, not only is it not the president for us, it's just also a fictional version played by Andy Garcia. Who so what's the about. what's the equivalent? What's the equivalent for us then? If you're making a British version of, if you went into saving a, David Attenborough, yeah, so yeah. David Attenborough, <laughs> climate change is built in, but David Attenborough is going to die yeah. unless Gerard Butler. Suppresses a button or something. 
the end. That's great. I think we should make that film. David Attenborough in space, trying to protect all the all the beer gardens from being blown up. That would make it British. <laughs> and then his daughter really wants to go to law school, but she's really prejudiced against because she wears all pink and has a really cute little dog. <laughs> Uh, do you want to know the best fact about David Attenborough that I know, which will have to be bleeped because it is sensitive information? Oh, God. No, it's nothing nothing bad at all, but you would just have to bleep it because it is personal information. All right. Do you know what David Attenborough's email address is? <gasps> no. Is it something fun? It's not like it's not like David Attenborough at tiscally.co.uk or something, is it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> And that is absolutely true. If I got an email from that, that would go straight to my junk. That's absolute filth. I'm glad we beeped that out. That's outrageous. Real fact. Real fact for you all. And now I've just just got the urge to email David Attenborough, but I can't think of why. I wouldn't, Tom. I'd just say for the sake of it, let's not. Do you think you'd like to come on the show, Dave? Uh, Oh, yeah, it's worth dropping him a line, isn't it? I think, I believe it's monitored by his daughter. There you go. That's all I've got for you. The Great end. facts, guys. Great facts. Famous people's email addresses. Um, <laughs> that we can't ever say. That we can't ever, Yeah, exactly. And uh, you can't even tweet us them. You must DM them if you know them. Yeah, and, and we won't read them out. We'll just go, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we'll good just one. collate yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, good. All right. Uh, Helen Monks, I feel like, you know, we've talked film club, boring movie club. Can we, I mean, can we get a quick Helen Monks update? I feel that's important. She's got a new broadband, mate. Oh, God, sorry, we've done that. Of course we have. How could I have forgotten so quickly? <laughs> well, I mean, my life is very fascinating. It's almost too much to take in at once. New oh. broadband. I got myself some, oh, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like toilet sealant. Because I've realised the cause of the mould in the toilet, I think, is the fact that when I flush the toilet, the water from the toilet just spills all over the floor. That so, will do and, it. I then yeah. have to mop it up. So, Where um, do you live? <laughs> do you live in prison? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to put my mould sealant on my toilet this week. I'll, I'll keep you updated how it goes. <laughs> wow, that is a great tease. Maybe if you set up a camera in the corner of the bathroom uh, and just film it, we can watch that for Boring Movie Club. Just Helen applying toilet sealant. And maybe I could describe what's happening in French and then put subtitles on it. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week to find out how Helen's mould sealant develops. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for coming. Bye, Bye Helen. Um, Dave, was that you saying goodbye for the whole episode of the podcast? Do we have AOB? <laughs> we have this here? conversation every day. I know. Day I know. Now. I just, I just worry in case we've forgotten anything. I don't no, want. I think we're done. I think we're good. I think we want more boring films for next week, and then, and then we're going to continue tomorrow with, as, as well as Bill Cornelius Day. Uh, we'll continue with the compendium, the cabin fever compendium, because more information has come in about the cabin fever compendium. Great. All of that and more will be heading your way tomorrow. All the best now. Kind regards. Thanks for coming. Goodbye. Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 Cabin FE83709. Oh, 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 that's our Twitter name. Hang on one sec. Helen? Yeah. Just don't speak now because I'm going to press the thing, okay? Just one... Great. Wait, so don't no, speak yeah. now? Well, no. Or in a minute? No, then. That bit then. I didn't oh. need to speak then. That's okay. Don't worry. It's, we, don't, we don't want to talk over the sting. Let's see. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 